son therefore shall make you free. He shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 12, 2011. And today we're going to be covering primarily um, an article that I had found the other day regarding uh, the title of it is Hidden Luciferians in American Culture, Politics, Academia, and in Christian and in the Christian Community, and also in the Christian, um, I would say, pop rock arena. Uh, it's very well done, and what I've done is as I went through it, there's certain things that popped into my mind, I've added to it, I've added a lot of scripture as well, and uh, I think it'll be a very interesting study that will be very eye-opening on a lot of different levels. Some of the things I have covered briefly in times past, but this is going to be more of an in-depth look, it's probably going to take several weeks to get through it. It's, it's quite lengthy. Right now I've got 128 pages of material um, about 50 of those pages I have actually edited now and are ready to go. So for me, that's good because normally I don't get that far ahead. But um, it's it's a lot of material to cover, but it's I think it's necessary because we're going to dispel a lot of myths and it's going to be very eye-opening uh, regarding a lot of things that are going on in Christianity um, that are most likely uh, overtly satanic and... Um, it's very, very hard to comprehend this subject unless you actually have proof. And I'm going to attempt to provide a whole lot of proof on these on these things. Most of the work's already been done for me by the author of the article, though. So, before we get started, um, go ahead and go over some Bible verses for today, and then um, we'll get going. Uh, Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said... I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And that's particularly for Americans who have an abundance of things. This is a good verse to uh, to dwell on. Not to say all Americans do, but I'm saying the, compared to the rest of the world, you know, I would say we do. And, and uh, just, just a good verse to, to uh, think about. Then Job 28, 28. And unto a man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Many times, though, you may not even know what you're doing is evil. But, once you find out, not only are you at a much higher accountability level in God's eyes, but then to depart from it is actually, from a biblical standpoint, understanding. To depart from evil is actually understanding. It's very wise as well, because you're only hurting yourself. And a lot of times I try to get into things uh, we're going to get into a lot of things in this teaching, for instance, regarding certain ministries that maybe you had been a follower of, maybe you've sent money to, uh, maybe you have, you know, been in these congregations, not knowing that it may be a Luciferian in the pulpit. And I mean that literally. We're going to get into that today in depth. And if you stay there and you're in that system if the head is sick, the whole body's going to be sick. Uh, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do, according to uh, Psalm 11, verse 3? So, if you've got a corrupt, wicked head of a ministry, and you're in that ministry, 
um, in, in any way, shape, or form, and you're, you know, there, literally there in a church, giving money, these types of things, maybe participating, uh, it's going to affect you spiritually, eventually, in a very negative way. And you're not going to even realize it, because it's very insidious, and, and um, it will happen usually slowly over time, typically. And the demons that emanate and operate through these types of, of ministries will blind you to the truth. So, to depart from evil is understanding. Psalm 57, verse 11, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge, until these calamities be overpassed. Now, this is going to, this verse is going to have a lot of, uh, I believe more bearing in the days and times to come because we're we're looking and we're moving into some very dark days. I believe I really don't know how much longer the the internet has there. I really am seeing um, from the news stories as of late that I believe the New World Order elite have really come to the conclusion that yes, they're implementing much of their draconian agenda, but the internet's got it. The alternative. Media on the internet has to go. I they're they're enacting or, or on the verge of enacting all kinds of legislations in the United Nations and in, in uh, here in America to virtually put a vice clamp down on the internet. And if anything is said that's not, so I really don't know how long much more these teachings will be available, uh, me or anyone else for that matter. Uh, obviously, they'll probably go after the the big ministries first, and then you know. Clamp down on the smaller ones or whatever they see as enemies um, incrementally. I don't know how when it's going to happen and how long it'll take for it to fully take effect. But when that happens, you know, it may happen quickly. Um, there is several uh, resources, and probably the best way if you were going to just down, try to download my teachings and my PDFs, if you wanted to have them for future reference, there's a um, a website of a listener, and she's put up all my teachings in chronological order. Just the titles, MP3s and PDFs, and it's uh, the website for that. Let me give that to you. It's, it's in the right side of my, my toolbar on um, contendingfortruth.com, and uh, I just want to make sure I give you the most accurate address. It is CFT, C is in Cat, F is in Frank, T is in treasure resources.com. CFT resources.com. And there you're going to have, it's probably the, would be the easiest way for you to download virtually all my teachings, including the PDFs. If you feel so convicted, um, you get them on your computer. As long as your computer is, is backed up, then, you know, you'll have them as a, maybe a reference tool, the PDFs as a reference tool. And, um, everything we do is just, you know, we just give it away. So I, I just want to try to help as many people as we can just see this end time deception and delusion that's creeping over uh, all of humanity. So anyway, you can also access that on the right side of my, my toolbar at contendingfortruth.com. And again, we have got the website totally uh, retooled now. Um, the, all the links have been repaired on the older teachings. It's so much, if you, do, if you have had problems in the past searching for a topic, well, that issue has been resolved in as much as it can be resolved. Uh, if um, my website designer, Dan, listener, um, has 
retooled the, the search bar so that if you search for a particular topic, it's going to make sure that if it's in the if it's in the title of the actual teaching itself, it's going to come up first, even even ahead of more recent teachings. It's just a lot better the way it is right now. There's a lot of improvements, and the also the email uh, automated email newsletter sign up list is on the right side of the toolbar. So, and from now on. If you want to sign up, don't don't email me. Just go up to the contendingfortruth.com um, site on the right side and just sign up. It's very easy. It's very simple, very minimal. I basically, all they're asking for, I think, is the email address. I wanted to make it as non-invasive and as as possible. You know, it's really simple from what I've heard. So, um, and that automation is going to save me a lot of time as well. Uh, which I need because there's really not enough time in the day to cover all the things that need to be covered anymore. Okay, so, anyway, I got really off track there. Uh, going back to the Bible here, Psalm 49, 6-7, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give a ransom, nor give to God a ransom for him. So, the people that are trusting in their wealth and these types of things, you know, that's going to be, um, they're going to be shown <laughs> that that's not going to save them. Uh, Proverbs 11, verse 4, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. So there's an application there that righteousness uh, can actually provide deliverance from death. Because if, if God's looking down to protect anybody, it's going to be the righteous remnant. It's not going to be the wicked, you know, or people that have shaken their fist at God and, you know, been rebellious toward him. Proverbs eighteen, ten through 12 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, the Bible also says, contrary or contrawise, that um, a man's riches is essentially his strong tower. So if a, man, a rich man, he views his riches as his strong tower. But the Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. You call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You get in these situations where evil is encompassing you, or, or you sense evil. You call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, that's what you've got to rely on. That's where you have to put your faith. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Um, and as an high wall, his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, meaning lifted up with pride, essentially. And before honor is humility. So, those are some cool verses to uh, think about. This is a message I received from... This is another thing that we're going to be adding on the right side of the ContendingForTruth.com website. It's a toolbar. and It's not actually a toolbar on ContendingForTruth.com, but it's a toolbar you can download through ContendingForTruth.com or, or through the link that I'm going to give you here in this PDF. And um, this is from a listener named Malcolm. And I give his email address too if you want to email him regarding this toolbar. He um, And I kind of edited this email just for the sake of time. But he wrote me, and um, we've been going back and forth about this toolbar for actually quite a long time, before I was just so bogged down with so many other issues on the, on the website that I thought, ugh, you know, I can't get into anything more. But now that so many of these issues have been resolved, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Now I can actually, you know, get into stuff like this. It says, he said, I just wanted to let you know the toolbar is pretty much complete as far as the primary format goes. From time to time, I will add new resources as well as buttons that will focus on certain scriptures or King James Bible teachings. I do my best to present King James Bible teachings and the videos in the toolbar, but sometimes it can be hard to find material that has King James quoted and still be educational to a Christian. See, I've run into this all the time. You know, and, you know, I, if I put something out and invariably happens, like last week with Roger Oakland, uh, I guess he endorses Xmas, and who knows, he's 501c3, okay, and there's just no way I can, I can find ministries that seem to have had to have all aspects, not to say I'm there either, but to seem to have all aspects of Christianity, modern day Christianity, totally nailed and figured out, I just, so, from time to time, if you hear me quoting somebody or this or that, you know, there's just no way I can know everything about a ministry. Um, we do our best, but if I find something very pertinent to a particular topic, like Roger Oakland's uh, address to pastors last week, you know, I'm going to more than likely go ahead and read it if, if, if you know, uh, the Lord leads me to do that. Uh, just bear in mind that most ministries are not King James Bible. Uh, they, don't, they don't use that. Most ministries are 501c3, corporate entities. Um, You could go on and on and on, but those are two of the big ones there. Uh, Going further, a good example of this would be the video series called They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. Very good presentation, but King James Bible is not quoted in the video. And I just watched excerpts from that last week. And I sent out to my email list the, the two videos on Elvis, and he I had another listener send me a video, a little clip on Creed, the rock band Creed. I really wasn't familiar with them very much. And then, um, what was the other one? Uh, well, I saw one of them, Michael Jackson, and um, the Eagles. Wow. <laughs> I tell you. If you go up to the internet and do a keyword search for They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, and then you can do specific keyword. The one on Elvis was unbelievable. I I really did not know that he was into that much occult stuff. I really didn't know. I mean, this is when he was singing gospel. He actually named his his uh, group the Voice, I believe, the Gospel, which is what he before he got real big. I think was when he was singing a lot of the gospel. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was earlier in his career. And he named that group the Voice because. Uh, there was a New Age publication called The Voice of the Ages, I believe. It was like had to do with with H.P. Uh, uh, Blavatsky and uh, Alice Bailey, and, and the, I mean, he was into the Ascended Masters. All the stuff we talk about now with, with Maitreya, he really believed that he was literally like a Christ, like he was almost like the second coming of Jesus Christ. That you could literally get saved through Elvis. There was all kind of people that confirmed it, and they were. I don't really think they were they were there to try to defame him. They were just stating facts. You know, he had some serious, serious occult power. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell you, you, you need to listen to those things on Elvis, on They Sold Their Soul for Rock and Roll, and if, if you have any doubts. Uh, it's Because he was like the foundation for rock and roll in America. And, and um, that word, rock and roll, essentially is indicative of the sex act. Okay, fornication. That's where that came from originally. 
That's where that term actually comes from, um, if, you, if you didn't know that. But uh, he, was, he was like the king. You know, they didn't call him the king for nothing. And again, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? This guy was as satanic and I believe as evil as they came. He even had a song that they showed him singing. He was saying, because I'm evil. And I mean, he kept saying it over and over again. And I don't know. You need to listen to it. The one on the Eagles is pretty amazing. The one on Michael Jackson, wow. I mean, just amazing. When you realize the corruption. And that corruption goes right into Christian rock. You can put a Christian veneer on something that was started from... From really the Satan's music himself. You can try to put a Christian veneer on that all day long. But, you know, uh, if a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So, um, you have to ask yourself too, has letting Christian rock and Christian rap and all this into the churches, is, is the church a better place now than it was a hundred years ago? Are, are they more biblically sound? Are they adhering to the Bible better as a result of letting all this worldly garbage into the churches. No, we're not even, I mean, the stuff that goes on in the church today, I mean, for the most part, I understand there's different denominations that you could get into, but it would have never even been permitted by liberal denominations a hundred years ago. For the most part. Um, So anyway, um, that's that's an example, though, where something may be on the toolbar, this toolbar, which is really cool. I've downloaded it. It's amazing. It's, it's just a really great resource uh, for a lot of different things on the King James Bible and sermons and things like that. I, I think you'll like it. I, I really think you'll like it. And it's free. And um, uh, I give you the link here in the PDF. The actual um, address is bereantruthseeker.media-toolbar.com. Berean, B-E-R-E-A-N, truth seeker, one word, dot media, dash, meaning a little dash symbol, toolbar, dot com. Um, then he goes on to say, anyhow, if you ever see anything, and I mean anything that is not lining up with scripture in the toolbar, let me know. It is up to you as to when and how to present the toolbar to your listeners. If for any reason they no longer want it installed on their computer, it can easily be removed at any time through admin remove options in the program file list. The toolbar does not work on Mac computers as far as I know. Uh, I started using Firefox uh, over Internet Explorer, which I'm trying to get away as much from Microsoft as I can in in as much as it's possible. I have had so much problem with Internet Explorer anyway. And Firefox is much better overall. Much quicker, much less glitchy, doesn't lock up on you like everything Microsoft does, it seems like. Uh, it's just better, it's more stable, you have more options, it's cleaner. Anyway, um, I the one that I had downloaded, I think the most current one was like a 5.0 beta or something, and I, they was kept saying you got to download this new... Well, I did, and, and the toolbar isn't compatible with it yet. So if you have that one, you might not be able to download it right yet. Uh, going further, this is, uh, then he goes on to say, this is not about numbers of downloads or like Facebook to see how many, quote, friends I can acquire. In other words, the reason that he made this toolbar. 
This is about the Word of God and presenting it in ways that keeps Christians in the Word and gives them the tools they need to study, according to 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Anyway, I am open to any feedback you will have in the future. Your site, your teachings, and audio player are all accessible within the toolbar, as well as your materials. You'll even see the name of our contendingfortruth.com like on the left side. But just remember, I'm not the one that actually put it up. I have nothing to do with the actual putting this up. or I'm leaving that in Malcolm's hands. And I wanted just to kind of be up front right from the get-go. Okay, yes, we're going to promote it. But if you, if you have um, you know, concerns or issues, I give you his email address here. And um, uh, we'll just kind of go from there and see how things play out. I, I think it's a great resource overall. Um, and then I give you the link here to the toolbar. Then he said, I wanted to thank you for your consideration, not only using it, but presenting it to your listeners. I, I know you have a broad spectrum audience from around the world out there. Uh, this is just a seed planted and watered. God will give the increase in Christ Malcolm. So yeah, um, I just, it's, it's just another really cool little thing that we're, we've, we're going to be able to add to the website and some resources for you. And, um, Hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Okay, let's get into the main part of our um, teaching here today, and it's entitled Hidden Luciferians in American Culture, Politics, Academia, and in the Christian Community. And uh, this is a, a Christian brother up on the internet that put this information together. And uh, again, I've, j- I've added a lot to it from things I've known about. So um, I'll try to kind of let you know when this is something I've added in regarding the article. It starts out by saying, in the last several years I've been coming across evidence of, quote, undercover Luciferians, hidden Satanists in society. When I say hidden, I mean that um, occultists who have secretly infiltrated the evangelical church world and have also infiltrated various nooks and crannies in American culture, business, academia, as well as American politics and government. But it was these covert occultists secretly inserted into conserving Bible-believing Christianity and amongst charismatics in particular, and I I can relate to that because I've been there, uh, that's what really got my attention. Now, before we go any further, what I did at this point to give you some confirmation of this right at the very start is I gave you the actual links to Be Wise as Serpents by Fritz Springmeier, which is a part one, two, and three. You can't find this book anymore. If you were able to find it, you'd probably pay ten grand for it, uh, as far as I know, unless they didn't know what they had. I've seen some of Fritz Springmeier's books for thousands of dollars on the internet under rare booksellers, because the Illuminati came along, and from what I heard, they basically destroyed, tried to get buy as many of them up as they can, and burned them, uh, destroy them, and then they ultimately ended up throwing them in jail to really keep them shut up. I I don't know, I heard he was getting out soon, I'm not sure if he ended up getting out yet, I'm not sure, but he's been in jail for quite a while. Uh, they had tried to discredit him and shut him up. Be Wise of Serpents is the history of the systematic destruction of Christianity and the building of a one world religion. As you read this research based on confidential interviews with participants within the conspiracy, uh... Oh, based on, I'm sorry, A, confidential interviews with participants within the conspiracy. This is what the book's based on. B, interviews of unwilling participants within this conspiracy, this conspiracy to destroy Christianity. And C, 
the historical documentation, you will discover that there is a great evidence for history that has not been told, and a great struggle before mankind as the one world power slash religion comes into focus. I give you the links to all three parts. They're PDFs. You might want to go up there, if, if you do it, you, if I was you, I'd go up there and um, uh, save the PDF to your computer, to your hard drive, because I don't know how long that would be available. These links, I've been up there for a while, but I can tell you something, you sure can't find the books anymore. They've been gone for a long time. This was one of his first books I think he ever did. So, uh, the next thing that kind of will confirm these hidden Luciferians, particularly within the Christian community, is, you've probably heard me say in the past regarding the Pentecostalism, charismatic, charismania stuff that I came out of, um, that what the main thing that got me out of it, one of the main things God used, two things. The first thing was when I had a lady within the charismatic church. I was at a Perkins. I remember that day. She was a really good friend of mine. Her name was Linda. She was a very nice person, real motherly type person. She came up to me after a church service at a Perkins and she gave me this tape on the King James Bible. It was through Gail Ripplinger, who has since pretty much went off the deep end. I hate to say it, but her attacks of Dr. Waite and these types of things, she's really shown her true colors. But at the time, I believe she had some good information. Not to say she doesn't have good information still, but there's a lot of problems with Gail Ripplinger right now. I would highly caution you regarding Gail Ripplinger, um, totally based on her actions as of late. And um, I have a PD, uh, Word document if you need it regarding this. Um, anyway, it was a little tape that was given to me by Gail Ripplinger. She was being interviewed by this, uh, an elderly lady, and it was in like a church kind of talk show setting, and, and she was asking about the King James as, as opposed to the NIV and these types of things. It was very, very eye-opening. Very eye-opening. Um, and that really was what got my eyes open on the King James issue. When I got my eyes open on the King James issue, it was like, all of a sudden, I real I started realizing all of the craziness that was going on in the charismatic church. It was like a switch got flipped. I had no idea that was going to happen. And I went, I had a Bible study back then, pretty much as a baby Christian. I had like 20 or 30 people in this Bible study. And it was like a Tuesday night Bible study at a, at a person's house, and we had a lot of people there. And I showed them this tape on Gail Ripplinger and that was what really started getting me in hot water in the charismatic church and what start, what got me out of the charismatic church. I, and I started, you know, as soon as these guys in the charismatic church saw that I was promoting Gail Ripplinger, their, their only reply really was, oh, she caused division, she causes division among the brethren. That's the old thing they'll always say to justify whatever they want to justify. And, I'm like, well, that's all well and good to say that, but um, you, you need to disprove the information, you know, because truth stands on its own merit. It doesn't, you know, if, if truth divides you, and Jesus Christ said, think not that I came to bring peace, but a sword, and a man's foes will be of his own household. So, uh, we're supposed to not be united in air. We're, we're going to be end up being divided in truth. It's better to be divided in truth than united in air. And so... Um, 
then around the same time, I got these five tapes I ordered from a guy in California, and I even have his address here, Phil Defelic, and um, it's this address is invalid anymore. But I got these like twenty hours of videos on this. Uh, it, was, it was called the Toronto Blessing of Mass. In fact, I've even got a, a uh, little um, picture of the actual cover of the video. It was a VHS. This is a long, long time ago. And um, unfortunately, I had those videos in about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I had a listener saying, well, I, I'll definitely put them up on the internet if you get them to me. And I sent them to him and I haven't heard from them since. And so, if he's listening, please, you know, either, I don't know, either get them up there or, or send them back to me or something. Because I, that, that's it. I mean, there's, there's, no other, there's no other copies that I know of. And VHS obviously don't last forever. The problem is, is they're a copy of a copy. So they weren't, some of the parts of them weren't the greatest quality anyway. But they were pretty amazing. But what I've seen about these types of videos, when they do get up on the internet, they usually get taken down pretty quick. Because whoever they're exposing will complain and then it'll get flagged by YouTube and then they're off. Anyway, this 20 hours of documentation, um, well, I'll just read you the excerpt from it. Toronto Blessing in Mass, and, and this is just one of the ones. It's not just about the Toronto Blessing, it's about charismania. Particularly at the time of the... Of the um, Brownsville Revival, which I went to. Well, I was there front row, man. I did it all. Um, Rodney Howard Brown, you know, the supposed Holy Ghost bartender. Benny Hinn. Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Hagen. Uh, those guys. That It was a lot about them. And not, not only about them, but a lot about them. And um, it says, evidence that will shock you. On this video, you will witness the evidence that clearly shows men like Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Rodney Howard Brown, Mike Evans, and many others to be real, practicing Satanists who are posing as Christian pastors. And this is the actual, then it goes on to give the address of the guy in Australia at the time that was selling it. But it was only an Australian conversion. So what this guy did in California is he took these videos and he converted them to VHS, which you could play in America, and he sold them. But I don't think either of these addresses are any good anymore. I know the one in California is not. The one in Australia I don't think is either. But I give it to you anyway just to let you know this was a real deal thing at one time. Um, anyway, so that's that. And then I give you some other things. It said I found a website regarding these videos. I give you the link to it. And um, also another link called The Toronto Cursing is No Laughing Matter. There's another link that just regarding this subject. Um, now, and then what I did is I wrote a little thing under there about these quotes. These quotes that they say, that they said, these are on the video. And I say, these quotes are true as I've watched these videos at least on two, well, at least three times, separate occasions. Try, let me tell you, you get done watching that 20 hours of, of footage, <laughs> I don't know of anybody that wasn't convinced. I mean, you just feel sick after you're done with that 20 hours. You know, but the, you know the crazy thing is, is I had about nine, eight, nine, ten people that came out, ultimately came out of the charismatic church with me. Not because I wanted to start my own religion. I just didn't want them to be in deception. 
and they had saw the King James tape. They watched these videos, these 20 hours. But do you, and they were all convinced, just like I was, but do you know within one, anywhere from six months to two years, every one of them, as far as I know, were back in Charismania. Because it's so appealing to the flesh. So appealing. You know, and, um, uh, you know, for them to go back into it, it's really like a dog, you know, that Bible says the dog has returned to his own vomit, you know, is the verse that I think about, kind of. You know, maybe that's a little extreme, but, you know, if you, if you, if you know something's an heir, if you know something's been leavened, and you return back to it, now you're really not, if, if you're God's child, now you're really going to get the woodshed. For whom the, love, the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you, if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. So if you're God's kid, he's going to chase you, you know. Chasing you, which means spank you. So anyway, um, they all went back into it, as far as I know, and that's the way it goes with charismania, you know. Okay, sorry, I had to kind of stop things there. It's like, like the uh, heavens have opened up and <laughs> where we're at right now. We've had a lot of storms lately during studies, it seems like. Um, anyway... Let's go further here. Um, so, the, I give another link, and it said, this article deals with a very serious allegation made by a Christian brother in Australia. He has uncovered, this is basically describing these videos, these four or five videos. He says, he has uncovered evidence that Kenneth Copeland, Rodney Howard Brown, and other famous preachers are actually Satanists posing as pastors. Now, the Bible says that if Satan can appear as an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers, his ministers, can appear as ministers of righteousness. So it's no marvel. I mean, if you were Satan, where would you attack? Would you attack the, the some little person? Would you devote most of your energy to some like little person warming a pew somewhere? No, you're going to go at, after the head, after the, the, the main head of every religion. And I think Fritz Springmeier shows in his books that essentially all these denominations, particularly at the top, and I mean this includes Hinduism and Buddhism and all of the other Christian denominations that are supposedly Christian, you've, you've most likely got practicing Satanists at the very, very top that have prepositioned themselves to ultimately introduce as much leaven as they possibly can. No, And a lot of times, no, it's not going to be totally obvious. I mean, you're not going to go in there and see somebody in, in a with a uh, uh, pitchfork and a pointy tail and two horns up behind the pulpit. Satan's the most subtle beast of the field. You're not going to pick up on this a lot of times. Um, if, if you just go into that setting, that setting is made to deceive you. Of course you're not going to... You have to be like a Berean. And, and, and I'm telling you, a lot of this stems, I believe, from the whole uh, yoking up with the church, with the government, with this 501c3 corporate status that they take on and, and that they essentially get their right to exist through the IRS and have to abide by their guidelines and get their right to be created through the uh, government corporate IRS guidelines. You know, you can't serve two masters. So, a lot of that, I believe, is, has let this leaven come in. So, he goes on to say, the evidence comes straight from the lips of these men themselves by closely analyzing their tongues uh, they can be heard calling upon and praising Satan. The way they praise Satan in front of crowds is by mixing the praise into the tongues. You know, so the charismatic movement is very vulnerable to this because I've read 
stories on how witches say that the easiest churches in the world to infiltrate are the charismatic churches because everybody's speaking in tongues many times at the same time, even though the Bible says if you do that, let one speak and let two or three interpret. Well, they don't do that. They do it like the other way around. Everybody speak and let one interpret, you know, that type of thing. And so... Um, that's the way it goes in those churches. <laughs> you know, I know, I've been there. So, you know, what ends up happening is, is is you have all this confusion and chaos, you have a lot of unbiblical stuff going on, and as a result, it's very easy for Satanists, witches, warlocks, these types of people to go in there, pose as Christians, and speak in their demonic tongues, flat out. They sound just like everyone else. And a lot of people that are speaking in tongues, I believe the vast majority are speaking um, demonic things. Uh, particularly if you're in a charismatic church, you're, you're probably deceived already. So you're in there speaking these things, and then you have supposedly maybe, maybe, if anybody interprets at all. It's not biblical. It's not biblical at all. What they're doing, the way they're doing it. And um, it happens all the time. And they go in there and they're literally doing satanic curses through their tongues, through these demonic tongues. A lot of people that have spoken in tongues, they'll go over to like other countries where they speak. I've heard people going over to Africa and then somebody from America speaking in a tongue. And the African Christians, and they're looking at this person like they're crazy, and they're like, they're like, why? What did I do? And they're like, why are you cursing Jesus Christ in our native tongue? Huh. You know what I mean? I don't, that's not something I want to mess around with there. Uh, you know, so, um, anyway... Something you got to be careful of. Uh, here's just some example, a couple examples. Kenneth Copeland, example one. Kenneth Copeland on this videos, saying while pretending to be speaking in tongues, says, "Quote: Come, take the mark of the beast." While he's speaking in tongues, but it's very, you know, uh, as he invites Dennis Bork to come forward for the ministry. Come, take the mark of the beast. Uh, example two. Kenneth Copeland says the words, "Quote: Tell my brother now, take the beast." Take together Satan, here, yea, have the mark of the mark off from the beast. End of quote. As he he's doing this as he communicates with Rodney Howard Brown in supposed tongues about a man who is to be prayed for by Rodney Howard Brown. Um, all kind of craziness, you know. Etc. 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 Okay, there's tons of, of you can click on the link if you want to see all the quotes. Uh, there's also a video sound page to listen to some of these heresies for yourself. Or just check out, this is from another ministry, or just check out my pages on Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland and others which are listed on the main page. Now, speaking of Kenneth Copeland, I'm going to go ahead and play this newest, if you haven't seen it, now I don't advise you, I don't, typically, we don't have a TV in here. Uh, I, I don't have any of the cable or anything like that. Um, but, there's been an Inside Edition Investigates TV Minister's Lifestyles that just came out. And it's, it's about a four or five minute clip. I want to go ahead and play this now. Because this is very confirmatory about what we're going to be talking about and what I just said as well. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start this up now. Contrary to that highly publicized prediction, the world did not end over the weekend, which means a number of preachers who live like rock stars will get to continue living the good life. How good? Here's Le- isn't that special? They live like rock stars. Isn't that appropriate? And they're going to continue. They won't be living like that in hell, though. 
No, 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 no. It's going to be a whole different reason. Verily, they have their reward here in in this plane, you know. Um, But she gets in. Now she's going to get into the actual report now. Lisa Guerrero and the I Squad with a look at some who've been preaching prosperity who are living large. They are some of the most popular TV preachers in the country. We're family here. They urge Now that was Kenneth Copeland. Now, I'm really, you know, Kenneth Copeland just to me just looks flat evil. I mean, the guy looks demon-possessed with the toenails to me. I mean, some of them are a lot better at concealing things. They're a lot more... Kenneth Copeland to me, I can just see the guy with a black robe on and anathemy, which is the ceremonial ritual dagger they use in Satanism, plunging it into something. I mean, I, I could just, you know, it's, it's not a stretch, you know, for me, especially knowing what I know about the guy. But they're going to be talking about uh, Kenneth Copeland... Creflo, give me a dollar. Uh, Paula White. Um, several, some other ones. I think Benny Hinn. Anyway, I'll let them. I'll let them go further. They pretty much explain everything during the during this little clip here. Faithful followers to donate generously, and in return, the Lord will. And they show a picture of Eddie Long, and then also um, Joyce Joyce uh, Meyer Meyer. Bring them prosperity. I'm not going to be going to heaven and be broke when I get there. And there's no denying some people have prospered handsomely. Wow! The pastors themselves, they live like rock stars with huge mansions, private jets, and fancy cars. Their lifestyles are so lavish, six of them have been investigated by the U.S. Senate. Like Paula White, who lives in multi-million dollar homes in New York City and Tampa, Florida. And Proflo Dollar, he gets around in style, flying in private jets to preach around the country. He owns this mansion in an exclusive Atlanta suburb. Mr. Dollar? Not one of them would agree to an interview about their opulent lifestyle. Imagine that. How do you justify your million-dollar mansions and your jets to all of your donors, sir? Oh, yeah. But when it comes to opulence, few religious leaders compare to Kenneth Copeland. You and I are supposed to always have. To show you his house, we rented this helicopter so you can see his 18,000-square-foot mansion valued at over $6 million. He lives in this home outside Fort Worth, Texas. It has beautiful water views and comes complete with a boathouse. But that's not all. Copeland is an avid pilot, and here's his pride and joy, a $20 million Cessna Citation jet. It's the fastest private jet money can buy. $20 million. He said he needed it to better serve the Lord, and proudly did a flyby for his followers after the church bought it. But it's not just one plane. We found a fleet of planes registered to the church. And you won't catch him waiting in line at the airport because he's got his own, the Kenneth Copeland Airport, located right next to his mansion. I think Copeland is unbelievably greedy. Ole Anthony heads the Trinity Foundation, a religious watchdog group that worked closely with the Senate committee investigating Copeland and other TV preachers. Televangelism alone is at least a two and a half to three billion dollar industry, untaxed, unregulated. That's right. By law, religious groups like Copeland's are exempt from federal taxes, and they don't have to report how they spend their money to anyone. Amen. 
Copeland's church takes in tens of millions a year through donations and selling books and DVDs to his donors. She sent them a lot of money, a whole lot of money. When Christy Parker's mother died of cancer, she found diaries that showed her mother sent Copeland most of her life savings, hoping her faith and donations would cure her of her terminal disease. What do you think of Kenneth Copeland's lifestyle? TV doesn't do it justice. Their office furniture is probably worth more than most people's houses. It makes you sick. Copeland refused our request for an interview, so we caught up with him at an event in North Carolina. Why you're living such a lifestyle of luxury off of church donations? I don't think we have time for this. Why won't you answer our questions? A hotel employee tried to prevent us from taping. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Come here. It's a simple question, sir. Yes, I'm going to give you a simple answer. Thank you. My lifestyle follows the scripture we give, we believe. We're open. You have a fleet of private jets. Why is that necessary? You're a minister. How many private jets do you have? Right after that, he walked away. Although Copeland says he cooperated with the Senate investigation, the committee disagreed, saying only two television preachers did, Joyce Meyer and Benny Hinn. And the committee recommended that the IRS investigate further. Okay, so that's, that's the end of that clip. So notice that the, what was the main reason that these ministers of Satan, essentially, could get away with doing all of this. Well, it was because of this yoking up of the government, with the government, with their 501c3 corporate status, with the pastors as the CEO, and the board of directors as the deacons, through the IRS, that was the reason that they're totally unaccountable. See, that's, that's, the, that's the carrot that Satan put out there back in the 40s, when this all first started, or around that time period, when it first started when this trap was extended by Satan. Yeah, sure, you, you can, uh, we'll, we'll, give you, we'll give your church subsidies, people can write off their contributions on their taxes, you know, you're going you're gonna to be, be tax-exempt, tax-free. And you notice that's the reason, that is the, one of the main reasons that all of this can happen. And so, again, just further proof there, uh, Kenneth Copeland, I don't know if you heard it, but when she asked him about the planes, how many Jets do you have? And he's pointed right in her face. He said, that is none of your business. That guy is so demon-possessed. I, I cannot stand to look at his eyes. The eyes are the windows to the soul. And his eyes, there is something really mega creepy about his eyes. Uh, and it's just amazing to me that other people, not to say that my listeners, but the people that follow him can't see that. Uh, now, if you ever do get a chance to hear these audio clips or actually watch those videos, you'll actually see, you know, him calling out to Satan and, and uh, they'll reverse his tongues and play it backwards and, and you'll hear messages, you know, it's, it's that bad. It really is that bad. And this is just what we know about. Who knows what really goes on behind closed doors that we don't know about. So he's got his, his own private jet. The fastest one, I think, you know, they, they said it was like the fastest one you could buy. I mean, that's not no garden variety. He doesn't have some single-prop single Cessna. He's got a dual-engine big jet that his 
deluded followers bought, and he did a flyby at his own Kenneth Copeland airport. And the Bible says about Jesus Christ, the Son of Man have nowhere to even lay his head. But they're getting all they can in this lifetime. They're serving Satan. They're getting all they can in this lifetime. They're making sure their followers are nice and lukewarm and dumbed down and and ready to basically... um, They're going to follow the Antichrist, these people. I I truly believe they're going to follow the Antichrist in droves. They're, they're, They're void of discernment. The way that they stand right now, I'm not saying that people aren't going to figure this out and come out and... And these types of things. But the longer you stay in, the harder it is going to be for you to get out. Because the more more demonically ensnared you become. And the more blinded you become. And a lot of it's pride too. A lot of these people, they follow a man. The Bible says, cursed be the man that trusteth in man. And they make a flesh his arm. And whose heart departed from the Lord. You've literally got a Satanist doing Bible studies. You've got a Satanist feeding you their interpretation of the word of God. And I give you another link here which is entitled, uh, just Kenneth Copeland, and I have it exposed, and you'll see a whole bunch of his quotes, what he said about Jesus and these types of things, and I mean, you're not even going to believe it. But there are quotes and they're documented that he said. But this is the, this is the state of the uh, a modern day church in America. So back to the main report now. Um, let's see here. And... So with this report, I am trying to... Now, all that stuff I just said about Fritz Springmeier and Kenneth Copeland in Inside Edition, that was not in the main body of this report. I'm adding that in to bolster and to further emphasize certain points that we're going to be talking about. And so with this report, I'm trying to find some way of putting out a word of warning to any concerned parties regarding these startling developments and not sound like I've lost my mind in the process. Personally, I've been brought up in a conservative Christian home. Now, this is the author of this article. My father was a pastor, and I am also a Bible Institute graduate myself, so I have done more than my fair share of exposure to, had had more of my fair share of exposure to books, conversations, sermons, and rumors about the end times, the coming New World Order, the European Union, the One World Government, and the Antichrist, and so on. This stuff I am trying to tell you about, however, is a horse of a different color. Fasten your seatbelt and hang on to your hat. Um, I have a seatbelt here that I just fastened. So just, just kidding, teasing. The facts uh, that these schemes have advanced this far to the point where they are literally at, at our door and have even moved across the threshold into our communities and the fact that all of this has been happening right under our noses and yet remains concealed and out of sight is a strong indication of the ingenuity that is beyond human ability. Some may be asking, what about Hal Lindsey, Jack Van Empey, Tim LaHaye, Jerry Jenkins, and many others? Where are they on this subject? Why haven't they talked about these things? In, in other words, a lot of the things that we warn about on a weekly basis, the pastor should be doing that too. I mean, a pastor is supposed to be a shepherd. A shepherd is somebody supposed to be watching out for you, right? You know, the true shepherd lay down his life for his sheep, but the hireling shepherd... Have no true love for the sheep. Hiring shepherd don't care about you. He's all in it for the hire, the money. And that's what these these devils, these wolves in sheep's clothing, these men who were before crept into these congregations, who were before ordained to this condemnation, as the Bible talks about in Jude. They don't care about you. You know, they don't. So, what I did then is I listed a whole ton of names of different exposés about different people um, where they provide documentation in a lot of different resources regarding 
exposing the heresies of given uh, ministries. And I'm just going to read you this list, and you can go to the PDF that I'm... This is going to be on about page 4 or 5 of the PDF for June 12th, 2011, and you can click on these. Now, this isn't going to get into the... These things aren't going to get into, like, how they're Satanists, but it's going to get into a lot of their heresies, flat out. Um, so... The first one is Neil Anderson, K. Arthur, which we'll be talking about later, Ron Blue, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Bill Bright, Stuart and Jill Briscoe, Larry Burkett, Tony Campolo, Paul David Youngy Choi, Gary Collins, Chuck Colson, Larry Crabb, James Dobson, Ted Ingstrom, Gary Ezo, Jerry Falwell, Richard Foster, Bill Gothard. Let me go further here. Billy Graham, I've done a whole teaching on him. John Hagee, I've done several teachings on him. Kenneth Hagen, uh, who was considered kind of like, even he was even there before Kenneth Copeland. They called him Dad Hagen because he was like the father of a lot of the modern charismania. Uh, Hank Hanegraaff, Jack Hayford, Howard Hendricks, Benny Hinn, David Hawking, Michael Horton, Rodney Howard Brown, Dave Hunt, Bill Hybels, Jack Hiles, T.D. Jakes, David Jeremiah, uh, D. James Kennedy, Woodrow Kroll, Tim and Beverly LaHaye. A lot of these people I've mentioned quite extensively uh, in other teachings. Uh, Greg Laurie, Zola Levitt, C.S. Lewis. We've done several teachings on him. Hal Lindsey, C.S. Lovett, Max Lucado, Martin Luther, uh, Bill McCartney, Josh McDowell, John MacArthur, um, Gordon MacDonald, David and Karen Maines, Don Mazat, John C. Maxwell, Joyce Meyer, Paul, Frank and... Okay, Paul Meyer and Frank Minerith, uh, the Sun Young Moon, Joel Osteen, G.I. Packer, Louis Palau, Rod Parsley, Norman Vincent Peale, M. Scott Peck, Frank Peretti, Dennis Rainey, Pat Robinson, James Robbins, Pat Robinson and James Robinson, Robbins, not Robin, but Robinson, Hugh Ross, Jack Schapp, Robert Schuler, David Siemens, Gary Smalley, Chuck Smith, Charles Solomon, R.C. Sproul, Charles Stanley, Chuck, Charles Swindoll, Rick Warren, Donald Wild, Wildman, John Wimber, Philip Yancey, and Zig Ziglar, my favorite. Um, for a complete list, I give you the link to this. And, you know, go there and, and pretty much all they're doing in these links is documenting stuff. It's, it's not like... I believe they're throwing a lot of their opinion in there. It's just documentation of a lot of unbiblical things that have happened in their ministries. And a lot of these links are pretty old. So this stuff, in other words, this this stuff's been going on for a while. Who knows how bad it is now? Um, but just some further confirmation here, some things that you might want to look into if you have any, any one of these ministries that you think is not exempt. Um, not saying that every single... TV or radio ministry out there has been leavened. I'm, I'm just saying that 
uh, I believe for the most part, the big boys that we talk about, that a lot of them we mention here, they have been. So, let's go further here. Uh, if there is a, a new and unsettling information of this sort coming to light with the advent of the information age and the internet, truth be told, the establishment of the conservative Christian community doesn't do very well with that sort of scenario. I believe there is, in fact, a status quo to protect, unfortunately. So, in other words, a lot of this stuff that we get into, like what we talk about on a weekly basis or a lot of these other ministries that we just mentioned, most of the time other pastors won't say or whatever, anything about these ministries. Whereas the Bible says to mark them, which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine in which you have learned, and avoid them, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, meaning their own selfish, greedy desires, their hirelings for the most part. They um, They serve their own belly and not the Lord Jesus Christ. So, that's what you have to be on the lookout for. And by good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. That's one of the main tenets of a lot of these ministries. They use good words and fair speeches to deceive the hearts of the simple. And that's, that's the state of the church, unfortunately, for the most part. So let's go further here. Um, it's not always that there has been a blatant lack of integrity in all these cases. It's just that brain, the brain tends to shut off and shut off, shut out that which does not fit into the presumed scheme of things. Uh, which, which um, an example, evangelical pastors who are actually covert Satanists, come on. You know, oh, come on, that doesn't ever happen. Yes, it does. You would be, and you will be, if you get to heaven, I believe a lot of the ways that we're deceived will probably be shown, if we haven't already been shown in this lifetime. And, there's going to be a lot of amazement, whether it's this lifetime or in heaven, when we're shown all the different ways that we were deceived and deluded in these types of things. And ministries out there um, that have been totally corrupted. And then he goes on to say, I know that doesn't cover the topic fully, but at this point I wanted the reader to at least know that I am fully aware of this strange and puzzling situation. Where all these earth-shaking developments are being completely overlooked by the vast majority of evangelical luminaries. This bizarre insertion of Luciferian devotees into conservative, Bible-believing, evangelical, charismatic churches and organizations throughout America has been going on for decades, if not longer. And these people play the game to the hilt. They go through the system step by step. They enter into Bible colleges. They graduate. They go into ministry. They rise through the ranks. Today there are at least hundreds of these covert occultists strategically positioned all over the landscape of evangelical leadership. I would say that hundreds is not even remotely accurate. Thousands would definitely be more accurate. Many are the highest. Many are in the highest leadership levels. Now, I've seen ex-Satanists interviewed, and they're very consistent and what they typically will say, if they're in a coven, they're assigned a church, particularly churches that are, um, the more biblical the better, the more they're into soul winning the better, and they're assigned in those churches to either go in there and cause division, um, if it's a woman trying to seduce the pastor, or the deacons, or whatever, uh, cause gossiping, backbiting, all the stuff to happen in the church, and they were assigned. I mean, they have these jobs, these Satanists. And the best, most coveted job for a Satanist, the best cover, would be a Christian pastor. Because nobody suspects a Christian pastor of being a Satanist in these types of things. 
I believe this is one of the reasons why there's so many pedophiles within the Catholic ranks, because the Catholic Church has been totally infiltrated with these Satanists. I mean, when Bill Schneblin went through all the stuff that he went through, he said at one level, in order to go further in the occult, he had to become what they call a Gnostic Catholic priest. Gnostic, the word means hidden knowledge, um, which is where the word occult comes from as well. And he had to learn this occult wisdom from the Gnostic Catholic priesthood before he could go further. And he was already a cultist. He wasn't a, he wasn't a pastor or posing as anything before that. So, it all goes together. Uh, like hand and glove, unfortunately. Okay, let's go further here. Uh, this bizarre insertion of Luciferian devotees in a conservative Bible-believing evangelical and charismatic churches and organizations throughout America has been going on for decades, if not longer. Okay, I already read that. I'm sorry. Um, going further, it says, now the interesting thing is two different reactions will tend to occur among those that I have talked to about this. First, people will say, well, of course, this is what we should be expecting from Satanists, Luciferians, and their ilk. And then, frankly, I'm not very surprised the Bible has warned about wolves in sheep's clothing. But then not... Usually too long after that, some misgivings begin to set in. Like, but why exactly are they, meaning these Satanists, doing this? What is their purpose? What is the purpose, the strategy? I don't know. This all sounds too crazy, you know. And so it has gone for me in my quest to get the word out about this strange phenomenon. At first, there is usually a routine acknowledgement that such things are to be expected of a fallen world in which we live. But then the implications begin to sink in. A bit of panic ensues, and most of these good and, and decent church-going people I have talked to begin to be confused and alarmed by this admittedly startling situation, and then they, then they want to back away. Well, you know, that's, that's Satan wanting, wanting you to just back away and not even look at the subject further at all. It's too, it's too overwhelming for most people to believe. They're, oh, come on. I mean, and then if you believe that, then you might think, well, Deep down, you might think, well, then, if that's the case, I might have to leave, might have to leave my church. Uh, I might have to be responsible for telling other people. And they don't want it. They don't want the responsibility. They don't want to rock the boat. That's lukewarmness. And God is going to vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required. And if you've been shown something and you willingly reject that truth, and that truth is literally something that's like life or death for a lot of people. I mean, if these people are in some lukewarm church, and they're following a Satanist at the head, do you think they're going to heaven? But you might be the only link they have to get their eyes open. Not to say that most of them are going to want this information. Most of them aren't going to want this. Most of them are going to be content with wherever they're at, and they're going to want to keep doing their own thing. But at least you, as a watchman, if you tell them about this, and I don't mean just pointing them to me, I mean maybe pointing them to a specific thing or whatever, then their blood's off your hands. As, as, as far as Ezekiel 3 and 33 are, are related. You know, you've warned them, you've done their thing, but the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and because thou hast rejected knowledge, thou shalt be a priest to me no, no more, and I will also reject thy children. Okay, I'm paraphrasing there, but it's Hosea 4, 6, essentially. Okay, so it's this is a truth, this is a knowledge that you don't want to reject if it is truth. 
Now, you can't just say by what I've said so far, well, this is definitely the truth, but if you look at all my other teachings I've done in totality, and if you look at the information in this particular article, I think you're going to have an impossible time of proving it to be wrong. There's just too many things that point to Satan that cannot be explained away with this information. And of all times on the planet that we've ever lived in, the Bible warns that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse in the end times, deceiving and being deceived. The word means wax means to grow. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, Be not deceived. He said it, you know, regarding this particular time we live in. There's going to be many false prophets. There's going to be people saying, I am Christ, and if they're... If they say, here's Christ or there's Christ, go not there. You know, over and over and over you see warnings. And then you look in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 where it says, and for this cause God will send them strong delusion. And this is the end times. This is right when the Antichrist is revealed. This is right during the falling away of the church. The Bible talks about it in Second Thessalonians 2. And for this cause God will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie Could it be that this strong delusion that God is sending, that they will believe a lie? That they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure pleasure in unrighteousness? Could that be part of this? I mean, doesn't it kind of seem like strong delusion when you see all of these people basically worshipping a man in a particular ministry or woman? And you see Kenneth Copeland and all his deluded uh, followers are out there cheering him on as he does a flyby in his twin-engine multi-million dollar jet on his own airport and the Son of Man of nowhere to even lay his head? Jesus Christ when he walked the earth? Nor really did his disciples? And he's our example? And this guy is is got millions and millions and millions of millions of mansions and, and jets and, and high-dollar cars and he's not the only one. There's a ton of other ones that are. And he's doing all these unbiblical, satanic things. And all of these satanic quotes and, and these types of things. And, and being revered, and people are following him. And you're telling me they're not, they're not firmly within this strong delusion that God said he was going to send? That they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness? Do you think that when you go and you take pleasure in somebody like Kenneth Copeland's ministry, and you think, oh, I'm so godly, and I'm one of the chosen few, and a lot of these people, they get into these ministries, and they start thinking it's like their own little cult. I had, I remember when I was in the charismatic church, I had one evening after service, I had was talking to two of these girls I knew. And they were like talking about Rod Parsley. And they were saying something about Rod Parsley. And they were like, then they said something to the effect of, about like, do you know Rod Parsley? Are you aware of him? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm aware of his ministry. Then they turned to me and they said, but do you know Rod? I'm like, what? Huh? And they're like, like, do you know Rod Parsley? Like, like, are you part of his whatever, inner circle, click? Are you almost a follower of Rod? And it was so weird, creepy, prideful. It was like, okay. Um, and that, I saw that a lot within different charismatic ministries. You get into, I'm a follower of this guy. I'm a follower of that, which is all unbiblical. You follow the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God and the King James Bible and the English-speaking language. That's the only people I... That's the only place I point to. I don't point them to me. 
I'm a man. I can fail you. But Jesus Christ and his word will never fail you. Jesus Christ said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So I don't try to point people to myself, but you have a lot of that dynamic going on within... And when when you're part of that, you are. You're taking pleasure in unrighteousness. You start thinking... Well, I'm something else. I, I, I finally seen the light. I found this ministry. I'm part of this inner circle. And you might, they might even have like the bronze, silver, and gold giving member. You know, okay, gold are them that give over whatever, 5000 a year, something like this. And, you know, that, that type of garbage that, that you get into. And, you know, they have all these incentive programs and you feel more and more special. And maybe if you give so much, you can have an actual personal audience with him or her. Or whatever, you know, you have a lot of that going on within, um, you know, uh, these these types of circles. So it's just it's something that we need to warn other people about, and it's something I've had a conviction ever since I started learning about this stuff to warn people about. It's it's one of the biggest reasons that this ministry was even formed, because this is what I started learning about first. All the corruption within these Christian circles, which we should expect in the end times. We shouldn't expect um, Bible-believing, Bible-adhering, King James type of of obedience, uh, of, of, of Christianity, of preaching. We really shouldn't expect that during the end times. We should expect as the norm to be deception. Because the Bible clearly says that's the way it's going to be. And then the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to come with all lying signs and wonders and miracles, which is really going to be the cherry on top of the satanic Sunday, if you think about it. Okay? Because, I mean, that's, that's, that's people that are already deluded and deceived in these types of lukewarm ministries. Do you think they're not going to fall hook, line, and sinker if some guy walks out of the shadows and he looks just like all those Jesus pictures that we got through the Catholic Church, I believe through Michelangelo? Wow, it looks just like the guy, the picture on the wall, must be him. They're already deceived and deluded in a ministry that, that has not taught them truth. They're ripe for deception. They're ripe for the picking. God will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. That's some hard preaching I just said right there. But I love them enough to tell them the truth. I don't want them to perish. I don't want them, and I'm not saying every single person in any one of these churches, they're all going to hell. I'm not, I'm not implying that. But it's not something you want to really be a part of, is it? And, again, we're going to go into this subject a lot further. But, again, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth, according to Galatians 4.16. Most of the time, you tell somebody the truth, you're going to become their enemy. Most of the time, you mark somebody in Christianity, you know, you're going to be caused, oh, he's causing division among the brethren. But the Bible says in Romans 16, verse 17 and 18, to mark them which cause division and offense is contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. It's said to do that. And because it's not being done... That's a big reason why the church is in the shape it's in, because it's not being done hardly ever. So everybody's walking around thinking, oh, he's of God, he's of God, she's of God, she's of God, and we're all one big happy family. Now, certain men have crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, as the Bible talks about in Jude. 
They were ordained to it. And as far as marking people, um, Paul marked people by name in the New Testament. You know, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his work. Demas has forsaken me for this present day world. There's other people that are mentioned by name. This has nothing to do with judge not lest ye be judged. That is only applicable in the context of that verse to when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brothers. That's That's a time that you don't want to judge other people. You need to get yourself right before you start judging other people. But Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged of God. Those are some things to, to remember as well. So, um, that whole judging thing has been so warped and twisted. And, and, and as a result of it, none of these ministries, or very few of them, are being exposed like they should be. You think that these types of, of this type of heresy they would have got away with 100 years ago? There's no way. But now it's just the norm. So if that's all you ever know, well then, you know, it must be okay. Okay, so go. let's go further here. Uh, and so it has gone for me in my quest to get the word out about the strange phenomenon. At first, there is usually a routine acknowledgement that such things are to be expected of this fallen world which we live in. Um, but then the implications begin to sink in. A bit of panic ensues and most of the good people... I have talked with, begin to be confused and alarmed by this admittedly startling situation, and they want to back away. So just before we get into some specific evidence regarding the apparent satanic infiltration of the conservative church world, there are some things to keep in mind while reading through this report. Firstly, we need to get rid of the superstition that plagues much of the evangelical fundamentalist world in regard to anything remotely related to spiritual warfare. It's almost as if anyone you ask who asks more than just a couple quick questions about the subject is viewed as having a fixation on demonism and will be admonished with, quote, you've developed an unhealthy focus, my friend. Now, that's not really the case in charismatic circles, but they're, they take it way too far. They're, uh, there's so much demonic stuff going on in the charismatic church, and yet they want to focus a lot of times on the spiritual warfare, but they're... They need to get rid of their own demonic baggage first and deal with that first before they start concerning themselves with these other things. They don't understand how oppressed they are, as as I guess the point is regarding that. And he goes on to say, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the church circles that I grew up in, most pastors would be reluctant to preach anything more than a two quick two or three part series on Satan or demons or spiritual warfare at the risk of being described as either labeled or obsessed. People don't want to learn and hear about that kind of stuff. It scares most of them. I don't, I don't really know why. I mean, to me, it makes the Bible come to life. But, I mean, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, remember? But against principalities and powers and rules of wickedness, you know. Those are the things where our battle actually is. And yet, that's not emphasized at all in the modern day church for the most part. So, you know, we're not educated in that area, typically. Then he goes on to say, I know many people from those circles who have held to an amazingly backwards and unbiblical notion that if they were to engage or dabble, as they say, in an in-depth study on the spiritual enemy, Satan and his minions, they would develop some sort of spiritual health problems. Folks who are otherwise whip-smart Bible students apparently think they are going to break out in hives or have their, or have their home overrun by poltergeists if they study the enemy and his strategies. Now, don't think the enemy is not going to come 
and maybe try to stop you from doing those things. Um, but because he doesn't want you knowing about this stuff, he does not want you knowing his devices. You know, and the, and the Bible says, you know, um, lest we be ignorant of his devices, so we, lest he get an advantage of us, or for we are not ignorant of his devices. So we're not supposed to be ignorant of his devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. And again, that's pretty much this ministry is all about informing you of the devices of Satan. So that you're not ignorant of them. And there's more devices of Satan now than there ever probably has been in the history of mankind. And yet, it's a subject that in the modern day church is totally de-emphasized for the most part. And it should be the main thing emphasized, really, in the day and times we're living in. Uh, Okay, let's see. It's an amazing superstition, no different than the pagans in some remote parts of the world who are afraid to approach the evil forbidden mountain or some such thing. I'm going to go ahead and stop part um, one here, and we're going to go to part two next. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's d-r-j-o-h-n-s-o-n at the letter i, the letter x, dot n-e-t-c-o-m dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.